don't worry about what everyone else is doing, but also take it into account because like there is such a thing as like, you know, can the market support this rate? But also, like I said, in the event that we did, like there's burgers for a dollar and then there's $40 burgers and everyone loves both types of burgers. Like they both serve their place. So like, you know, you don't need to be doing what everyone else is doing. Obviously, if the price is low, then you'll have more volume. If the price is high, you'll have less volume. It just depends what sort of business it is. Welcome to Sorted, a podcast for creatives by creatives. I'm Emma. And I'm Alex. So get your coffee ready and let's get sorted. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Sorted. We are so excited to have our own accountant on Brittany Turner with Countless. Hi. We are so excited to have Britt on. We were just talking how Alex and I are probably Britt's biggest fangirls <laughs> in all of town. So we are super excited just to have someone on that has made such a huge impact on our businesses and on our creative careers that hopefully, you know, she can share some of her wisdom, her accounting wisdom, and her just, she makes me feel financially safe <laughs> with you guys. And yeah, so Britt, if you want to just start off by telling everybody who you are, what your business is, and kind of what you offer, and just kind of a little bit of overview, you know, about you. My name's Brittany Turner. I'm a CPA. I have a bachelor's in accounting. I have a master's in taxation. So I sort of, there's, there's something that not a lot of people know about accounting and tax. And one of those things is that accounting and taxation require two different mindsets. They have two conflicting goals. The goal of accounting is to increase revenue and to increase income, but the goal of taxation is to reduce those things. So I thought it would be a good idea to get a degree in each of those so I could operate from a place of being able to maximize the benefits of both of them. Well, that makes a lot of sense why you're so good at your your job. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like my mind is blown. I know. I did not know that. That's awesome. I know. The first time when I took my first tax class, when I realized that, my head literally, there was like a little (laughs) explosion that happened. I was like, whoa, this is wild, you know, because that was towards the end of my accounting degree so I had already you know spent years of my life like with this accounting mindset and to introduce this tax aspect it literally blew my mind and I found this like love and this passion for tax I don't remember if it was my first tax professor or my second one but on the first day of class he said to everyone he said we're here to learn how to screw the government legally (laughs) and I was like yes you know like that's I mean you know like he just really explain that like you know like we're here for the people like that's what we're supposed to be doing um and it was just like a really wonderful and I don't want to call it like magical experience in school but it was like (laughs) close to it cool yeah it, it was really nice so you know besides tax and accounting who I am is just like I don't know I've like sort of come to like accept and embrace that like I'm 
I'm fucking weird, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm a weird person. Like, I don't need, like, I guess, like, you know, like, being a nor- like being an adult human and stuff, like, you sort of, like, go through life, like, wanting to, like, be cool, right? Like, that's how you are when you're a kid and going through school and stuff. Like, you want to just, like, be cool. You want to be liked. You want to be socially acceptable. You want to be popular. Like, these are normal things that everyone wants. But it wasn't until recently, like, in my mid-30s, where I, like, realized, like, I'm sorry, Brittany. Like, you're not going to be those things. Like, you're a literal CPA with a master's in tax. Like, what you do for fun is, like, your own bookkeeping. Like, <laughs> you're not ever going to be cool. And, like, that's okay. Like, like you don't have to worry about being, like, the life of the party. Like, you can just sit there and be weird. And, like, that's okay. So, like, that's sort of, like, who I am. And, like, you know, I on my website. <laughs> on my website and my about me, it says that, like, you know, for fun, I like to do errands. And, like, that's real. Like, that's the stuff that I like to do. I like to go hiking with my dog. I like to try new restaurants with my husband. Like, you know, just sort of, like, living this, like, you know, nice, calm, happy life. Prioritizing, like, family and friends. You know, and that's sort of, that goes into, like, how the business got started. Was, like, I'm sure a lot of people know the accounting industry is hard. It's really demanding. There's a lot of hours, especially during tax season. It's very grueling. There's not a lot of work-life balance. And, like, after being in the industry for a few years and, like, working my way up and having this, like, you know, great job with this wonderful salary and all the things that, like, I work so hard for, I just realized, like, something is, like, this isn't right. Like, you know, I looked around at, like, the people who were above me and, like, you know, I don't want to be, like, sexist or anything, but, like, not many of them were women. And the ones that were women, like, they didn't have families. Like, they didn't have, you know, they weren't, like, I want, and not that women have to be certain things, but, like, for me personally, like, I want both. So I just had this idea, like, you know, of course I started looking for jobs. I couldn't find anything that was what I wanted. Like, why can't I just work normal hours and do cool work and, like, also have a life? Like, why doesn't that exist? So I decided to just, like, make the business myself. And that, you know, I always envisioned it as this, like, safe haven for other people like me. It was never... (laughs) And, like, I'm sure business coaches and stuff out there wouldn't agree with this but like I never cared about the customer (laughs) I'm so sorry but it was always like it was never like oh these are the services that we want to offer to the customer it was more like you know we we as accountants want to do this cool work and support people and like feel lit up but have a life like that's where it started from and you know Honestly, I think that that works. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that because you started it out of your own, you built a business from a foundation of something that you wanted to serve yourself with, is that you're able to, because as you said that, I was like, that's so not true, because you are the most amazing, like, and not only with me, with, I've referred so many friends to you, and everyone is always like, me is (laughs) the best. Like, she, I've never felt so, like, understood, and I've never felt like I tax and my finances and bookkeeping make me feel so stupid and I went to engineering school like I love math and I tax is just it's not it's not that my brain just doesn't it's a different way of thinking about it and you know Mm -hmm. especially with money involving your business it's just you know brings anxiety and feelings and it's just a hard thing to deal with especially you know when you have client work and it's just the last thing you want to do and I have always felt like you you know you put your your 
you put your clients feelings and like the way that you know you also help me kind of just like feel financially independent and be do the best I can with my money and and knowing know empowered and all those things I'm just <laughs> feeling all the feels yeah. but I think it's so important. I think that, you know, no matter what industry you're in listening to this, I think you can kind of take that away. If you're building a business from a foundation of yourself, you can then serve people better because you're not doing work that you hate. You're not doing work that you don't, you know, don't necessarily want to do over other work. You're serving people with the work that, you know, you want to, you know, be able to give, give people. And like, as Brittany said, like cool stuff, like being able to produce cool work and you know, for some people, they might be thinking like, <laughs> I know I'm sitting here thinking like, hmm, what kind of taxes are cool taxes? <laughs> but it's yeah, so true. I <laughs> no, I love it. So I guess kind of going off that, something I would love to know is like, what are your, what are cool, what are these cool clients that you like, this cool work you like to do? Like, who are your ideal clients and like, what do they do? Again, something that's maybe not so traditional is, you know, there's not a specific type of business or type of client um, or industry. It's more of like maybe a type of person or, you know, we love working with people and businesses. It doesn't matter their size, but people that have that spark, people that want to learn and grow and to keep moving forward, that have ambition, that, you know, want to adopt new technologies and want to do the right thing and really care deeply about their finances. Because, you know, the type of accounting professional that I am and the type of accounting professionals that are on the countless team, like we care so deeply about the end result and about the work that you know it sort of has to be equal on both ends and it took me a few years to figure that out like I want to work with people that care just as much about their accounting as we do so when you first started countless did you think that it was only going to be you did you ever envision you know growing this team and how you were going to work within a team or how did that kind of grow from the very first moment when the idea was born, it was always about more people. So like I said, I started looking for other jobs and I went to this interview that in the ad was like, oh, work-life balance. And I was like, amazing. And I went in for the interview and the guy was like, yeah, you know, everyone here has really good work-life balance. They only work 10 hours a day. And I was just like, what? Oh no. Like 50 hours a week. And honestly, compared to where I came from, like that would have been better. But like, honestly, that just broke me. Like that, that literally broke me. And I like went out, I like texted my like work bestie at the time who worked with me to like meet me downstairs before I went back up to the office after the interview. And like on the side of the road in New York City, I just like sobbed to her. Like I was hysterical. Like I'm gonna make a business where people can have a good life. And you know what I mean? Like that's how (laughs) hard I was crying, just like sobbing. Like I couldn't even breathe. And so it was always about not just me, but like, someone like her like she deserves that too like you know like it just I could see how just rampant it was in the industry and like that's not like no like I'm sorry you know so it was always about more people always I also feel like when somebody posts in the ad that it's work-life balance it's not work-life balance like that should just be a giving you shouldn't have to have that in writing yeah. it's incredible to kind of like workarounds of that like I know in New York City a lot of businesses have like unlimited paid time off and everyone's like oh this job is like when it first came I remember you know it was like my 
friends graduating from school it was like their second round of jobs they were kind of getting these jobs with unlimited paid time off and uh, we were just talking about it recently I was with some friends we were having dinner and talking about work and stuff and my one friend just got a job with unlimited paid time off and she's like I take less time off now because it's not these set number of hours so I never I feel bad taking a day off or taking you know if I'm having like a bad mental health day I feel bad taking it off and like even though it's this unlimited paid time off, like I don't ever take, I take less time off than when I had that like set four weeks or whatever she had at yep. a previous job. It's so such a trap. I feel like, yeah, yeah, I feel like a lot of that stuff that's like, or like the free lunch at work, it's not, the free lunch at work isn't because they're nice people. The free lunch at work is because they don't want you to leave. Like yeah. it's because they want you to eat for 10 minutes and get back to your desk. Like yeah. it's, I, yeah, it's funny how the, like the traps of all the, the corporate job world of you know that try to lure you in with these work-life balance and you know better you know these perks and things and they're not necessarily these they're not necessarily the perks you think they are so let's start with a scenario So let's say I am starting a business, a graphic design business. Okay, let's pretend this was Alex like four (laughs) years ago. So describe to me when is a good time to hire an accountant and what you need to kind of set up and get started. So how ideally does that look for you and when do you like to come into play in all of that? I really think it depends on the person. I think there are a lot of people out there that can do the initial sort of setup stuff on their own or maybe would even like to do it like you know making the LLC getting the EIN like you know they sort of they may know those boxes to check I can speak about myself the first business I started when I was 19 you know I just like thought that I had to have an LLC so I got one and I was like okay step two I have to have an accountant so I like met with this accountant and like (laughs) I'm not going to get into it, but, you know, basically, he's like the sort of guy who just, like, sat back in his chair and, like, put his feet up on his desk, and he was like, yeah, I'm charging you $175 an hour while I have interns doing the work for $10 an hour, and I was like, why would this guy tell me this? Like, what even is happening right now? But anyway, you know, he did point out that, like, I didn't have an EIN, and I should have, so he, you know, got one for us. I don't remember what else happened in the conversation, but then he just sort of like sent us on our way me and my partner and that was the end of it what was this business I have to know. Oh, it was actually a graphic design business. Oh, this is so funny. No way. <laughs> I swear to God. No so way. it was a graphic design. Yeah, I've always been like an entrepreneur. Like when I was a kid, like that was like I was that one girl where like everyone wanted to play. And I was like, no, we're going to make flyers for the Babysitter's Club. Like that's what we're going to do. <laughs> um, I don't know if, if you it. two remember those like oriental trading catalogs. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I, I would like make out like list of like the things I was going to buy and where I was going to to sell them and how much profit I was going to make and stuff. So anyway, at 19, me and my friend used to work at this graphic design company. That was like my first introduction to accounting, aside from like my family business stuff. Um, I worked in the billing department to like do the invoices and the shipping and the billing and everything, charge cards, place all the orders. When we both left there, we were like, we should start our own graphic design business. Like it was basically like printing, like um, gang run printing, which there's like lots of money in it, you know? So 
having never done any graphic design, we bought like a gang run print style thing. And like, I went door to door knocking on people's doors, like asking if I could like design and print their business cards. And this one guy was like, sure do it was a landscaping company. So I literally designed these business cards. It was like doo doo brown background. And I tried to like make this like little like palm tree on it. He was so disgusted with me. He was like, get out of my office. I never want to see you again like just keep the money I don't even care so like that was my first and last client and we quickly dissolved the business after that but that was so but anyway I feel like that's a lot of people's experience with working with accountants like they go in and the people are just like so hands-off like oh do a b and c but there's like no follow-up and I don't know it's like it literally doesn't make sense to me it's like giving a driver's license to a baby like there has to be some sort of support you know so that's like sort of why I try to structure the packages like I have them where it's not just like here you go do this stuff see you in April for taxes like no do you know what sort of damage can happen between those two points um so if someone is just starting a business, it's not a bad idea to do research. There's a lot of information online now. This isn't like 20 years ago, you know? Open an LLC, maybe. Definitely get an EIN. Open a business bank account or just use a separate bank account and credit card. Like, at the very least, just keep your spending separate. Try to track things as best as possible. You know, once some traction starts happening, then I think it might be good to, like, make that investment into you know, working with somebody, or if you wanted to like hire someone right at the beginning to set up the LLC and do all that stuff, just to make sure that like that part's set up right, I don't think that's a bad idea either. But I do think that not everyone needs so much support right away. And I probably turn away a lot of business where I'm like, listen, like you don't need this, like let's just do this one thing. I hope that answers the question. 100% and I I just think that that's going to hit a lot of people in our audience in that you don't have to like hire a high-end accountant right off the bat like there's a lot of things that you can do on your own or maybe it's just a conversation that you have with an accountant whether or not that's your cousin's brother you know or just some just so you understand the basic knowledge of it and can do what you need to do to get by when you first start yeah Yeah. when I first reached out to Brittany I know I set up just I just did your hour consultation just because I was like can you just look at what I'm doing and tell me that I'm you know doing things uh, like somewhat correctly or like what I can do to be better and you just you know set me up for success with like my bookkeeping and things like that so that later I could hire you for actually filing my taxes when I you know was ready for that Mm -hmm. for that point but I think that just having someone tell you okay yes like you're doing right a keep things separated like I feel like that's like the most important thing and like also how to make the most of your money like getting a business credit card and you know getting the points and you know you're doing this spending for business so why not get something out of it you know yeah um so yeah that was those were really helpful for me on the business credit card thing before i forget this thought not only about the points and the benefits but also the protection it always makes me so nervous when i see people like only using a debit card i mean to have credit card and debit card fraud's going to happen 
if you're using that number all over the place, it's gonna happen. But I'd rather someone get a hold of my credit card number than my debit card number, especially if that's your only account and all of your money's in there. Someone can wipe you out and the bank does not have to give you that money back. I think you have 24 hours to report fraud after it happens in order for them to give it back to you. So unless you're checking your bank account daily, you could miss that. Someone could wipe you out and then that's it. So credit cards are really important to use for protection and people always say oh well you know I don't have business credit to get a business credit card and that's okay you don't have to you, you can take a personal credit card and just designate that is a business card only it doesn't matter what name is on the card what matters is how you treat it and if you treat it like a business credit card and you only use it for business purchases you're gonna be fine but debit cards are dangerous I don't even know why they make them we should like you're walk up make to Alex an ATM check her bank account like, every day now yeah seriously <laughs> I definitely do. So that's funny because I literally just signed up for a credit card, a business credit card, mind you. I, I've had a personal credit card, but I just signed up for a business credit card probably the beginning of summer after my summer meeting with Brittany because she said, yes, you need a credit card. So I got a credit card. <laughs> so I am a walking example of maybe not doing everything correctly up front, but now I am learning. Do you have a credit card that you recommend, Brittany, for like someone starting out? someone that's maybe like a year year and two into their business so i know that american express cards i don't think they're like as hard to get now as they used to be maybe like 10 15 years ago but those are my favorite because i know that like they're not pieces of shit you know what i mean like i've gone through issues with a capital one card and when it came time to like need capital one to have my back i probably spent like 40 hours on the phone with them talking to all different yeah. people no one knew who i was and the protection that american express offers is easy it's you can submit disputes online they get back to you they immediately credit your account they want to support you so if you can get one of those get it and not all of them have high fees i use the free one it's called the Business Blue Plus Card or something. There's no annual fee. The points are still great. And then I use the same version of that, but the personal one for my personal spending. Again, I'm an American Express fan through and through, diehard supporter, <laughs> and I do not pay for the annual fees. I don't travel enough to make it worth it, but I will say that when I was at the airport recently and I wanted to go in the Delta Lounge, they definitely shamed me for having the free card. They were like, no, <laughs> like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it didn't matter how long I had been a member with them. So if you travel a lot and things like that are important to you, I do think that it's worth it to get, you know, the fancy yeah. card. We'll link that blue card in the show notes. So if anyone's interested, uh, you can check it out. So switching gears a little bit, I know that we all three here are women, we're women who own our own businesses, you know, and we are, we all like to feel empowered with what we're doing. So this is kind of an open-ended question, but how can women entrepreneurs just become more financially independent and better with their money, with their own businesses, and how can they really feel just more empowered to take control? I think the best way to answer is to just explain what worked for me. So I started, it was a while ago now, maybe like 10 years ago, I started having like money dates with myself 
where I would sit down twice a month when I would get paid and I would I had like a lot of like credit card debt then and like student loans and everything so I would like sit down and this woman gave me this like debt tracker thing and I would like update all my credit card balances what the minimum payments were my interest rate all of that stuff I would look at like how much money I had I would allocate it to different places like I need this much for rent this much for this and that I would make debt payments and just like you know, I started paying attention to my personal finances. Also, I started using like an accounting software to track my personal expenses, which I think is so important. That's probably the one piece of advice that I could give. So many business owners are only looking at the business stuff and then they ignore the personal stuff. But, you know, we need the business to support us personally. So if we don't know what we're spending personally, like how do we know what we need the business to sustain us? Like how do we know what our goals are? So, you know, we need to be aware of those things to move forward. And it doesn't need to be anything fancy. Like something like Mint is great. Something like Wave is great. It's free. You can have one Wave account for your business, one Wave account for personal, connect your personal cards, sit down twice a month, once a month, and just categorize your spending. It doesn't have to be complicated. This is how much I spend on groceries, takeout, gas, rent, utilities, like basic stuff in my personal accounting I have like a category for wellness where I track things that I do you know like yoga classes and things like that I have one for toiletries because that's you know something that I like to track and that counts you know for like skincare treatments and stuff so it's like you can make it be whatever you want but that I think is you know because how can we be empowered if we don't know what's going on yeah. by plugging in like we can go deeper so from there it just sort of built and like you know, saving, I think is so important. Like, honestly, like when I, after I graduated from school, like living in New York, I was so broke. Like my first thousand dollars that I saved in a Roth IRA was from a student loan. Like that's how broke I was. But like, I didn't even care because like that lit the fire and like no one, no finance professional would ever recommend to take out a loan to save. Like that's <laughs> the worst advice ever, but it doesn't matter because that started the habit for me, you know? And I've been saving ever since. Like also something else that helped change my life was giving to charity. And I don't know if enough people talk about this, but this was from way even before I moved to New York. Uh, this was probably like 15, 16 years ago. It was right after Hurricane Katrina, maybe. I don't remember when that was, but I was at the mall shopping for Christmas. I had arms full of bags. I had a big Starbucks in my hand. And this lady from this organization called Mercy Corps stopped me in the mall and was like, you know, do you have money to donate to the Hurricane Katrina victims? You know. It can be a one-time donation, recurring donation or something. And I was like, I don't have the money for it. And she just called me out. She was like, you know, it's $20 a month. That's one Starbucks a week. Like, you really can't afford that. And, you know, I was not good with money at that point. Like, I never knew if there was going to be that $20 in my checking account. Like, that's how volatile my spending was. I swear to God, from the moment that I signed up and, like, believed that I could donate $20 a month, I've always had the money in my checking account to go for that. And now with countless, like I donate at least 1% of proceeds, not net income, like what comes in the door, at least 1% of that goes to various charities. I just really believe that like it's so important to give back and to like 
you know, really affirm, like that's what gives me empowerment. So paying attention to the money and having the oomph to give it away. I love that. And going back to the whole money dates thing, I love that you're looking at it from a like happy and like looking forward to this kind of event versus like calling it I know that my brother has budget meetings right Mm. like with himself but Mm. that just doesn't sound appealing that Mm. like that just sounds horrendous like I don't want to sit down and like bash myself for my spending but rather you're saying no I'm gonna have a money date with myself like let's see where my money went like let's see how much I have left over you know and that kind of thing so I like that you're kind of flipping it and you're looking at it from a positive perspective versus like let me shame myself for all this money I spent this last month I mean, I do want to add in, though, that, like, sometimes it doesn't feel good. Like, sometimes after the money date, like, I'm in a really bad mood, you know? Like, I don't feel good, but sometimes it does feel good. Sometimes it feels like nothing. Sometimes it just feels Mm -hmm. like a thing that has to be done as an adult. But I will say that the more frequently they happen the less the bad feelings are because I feel like those bad feelings come up at least for me from this place of like how did I not know this was happening like where I feel like sometimes we can like turn off we can like disassociate from our spending so the more frequently that we check in with those things the less they can harm us if that makes sense 100% I love that yeah something I know social media has like pros and cons, but something that I have been loving lately that's kind of been like a trend or something that's become, I guess, just more common is like money transparency on, Mm. I've more seen on TikTok than like Instagram or places, but people that they're like this whole like world of like financial influencers and they, you know, sit down and this is like someone that's, they'll be like, I'm 22. I live in Chicago. I'm have a job in tech. I make $70,000 a year. And it's like this, I know I just think of this one girl and I can't think of her handle, but maybe I'll find it and link it in the show notes. But she does every, she gets paid every two weeks and she kind of does this video where she shows what she does with her paycheck. Mm. So she sits down on that Friday afternoon when she gets paid and she puts like X amount in her savings, X amount towards her credit card, X amount towards her student loans, X amount in like an entertainment kind of bank account and it's just really cool to kind of just see the comments and it's like educating people on like you know oh wow like I didn't think about putting money towards this or I didn't think about putting money in towards a an account for a a trip or like it just I think just the more people talk about it too the better off we all are because it's just the getting the conversation started is like the hardest part and I think you know I know with I have like a couple friends that have kind of moved towards like an entrepreneurial journey and things like that and you know kind of starting to talk about you know money with those friends but it's really nice to have people like Alex and I talk about you know pricing and money and things all the time and it's just nice to have that person that I feel safe with to like talk about you know you know goals and 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 problems and things like that and I have I you know I have my partner as well but you know we mainly focus on personal personal Mm -hmm. finances and you know you know our trips and things like that but it's just nice to start you know have that conversation going and like not be afraid to talk about you know not in a bragging way at all but in like a genuine you know interest and in how to be better and how you know how to help your friends and how to just different things like that and yeah. I do love what you said about um giving back I think that during kind of everything that's been going on in the world I I made a donation from 
from my business and things like that. It's definitely something I think I'm going to start doing during the holidays. It's maybe even giving, I have a client that does this and I think I'm going to politely steal it, but she gives like a donation to a charity in the name of each of her clients every uh, holiday season. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And there's even an app, I forget what she uses, but basically so she sends, I think it's like $50 or something like that to each of her clients and they can choose the charity it goes to on this like website. So it's kind of nice because you have a little bit of a, of an input into that donation. But yeah, I think that there's a lot of ways you can, you can do that. And a lot of ways that I think it, it, I love how you said it, like empowers you to by knowing that you're able to do that. And by, you know, that feeling of giving back it, it has that a different, a different level of empowerment. Absolutely. I've actually given that assignment to clients before. If someone's like really stressed about money or really nervous about money, I've asked them like, you know, do you feel comfortable enough to give some away to like affirm that you have enough? And every single time without fail, right after they do that, they either get a call or something gets booked or, you know, and like not to do it for that purpose. But I do think that, you know, it can serve multiple purposes. Let's wrap it up with just a little bit of like, I guess I know they're not going to be like rapid fire, rapid fire, but just a little bit of like a quick uh, questions about a couple things that aren't necessarily directly accounting related, but are, are money related and, you know, money entrepreneurial related. But I guess what is your advice for people that really struggle? Sorry if you can hear the sirens in the background, the New York City sounds, but what is your advice for someone trying to set pricing? Oh, this is probably one of my favorite topics. There's a couple different rules of thumb. (laughs) I I love talking about this. A couple different rules of thumb. The first one that's like the easiest and I think like the the easiest to understand and implement is to take whatever you want to be making per year or what you were making before you started your own business, divide it by a thousand, and that should be your hourly rate. So if you were making $80,000 a year, you should be charging at least $80 an hour. And you know, you have to remember, like, so the reason why it's a thousand that accounts for the fact that not every hour of your working time is billable, that you need vacations too, you need benefits. Like now you're responsible for all of these things. You have to pay your own self-employment taxes. So that's like a really easy rule of thumb. It doesn't need to be, I believe in like blending lots of different theories. So that can just be like one tool in your toolbox, like a quick gut check, you know? Something else that I think is important is also to track your time. Figure out like how much time does something really take. I think, I know definitely for me personally, um, I think that things take much less time than they actually do. And to price accordingly for that. So if, if you do like, you know, flat fee pricing, just start tracking your time, figure out how long it actually takes to go into it. You know, make sure that you're billing enough for like it should be the going rate. It should be the divided by a thousand rule. If you're billing out for other people, make sure you're marking it up enough. Like in general, and this is just a really loose idea, like your cost of goods sold, so that person that you're billing out would be considered a cost of goods sold, should be at least 50%, you know? So if you pay someone $50 an hour, you should be billing out their time at $100 an hour. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's like way too much of a markup. They're doing all the work. I'm not doing anything. No, I'm sorry. You're carrying the mental load. Like you're running the business. You're the one that's like responsible probably for the communication and the billing and the admin work. Like, don't forget how much time admin work takes. Like the unbillable time is real 
I believe that most business owners probably spend about 30% of time on billable work and 70% of time in non-billable work. And that's between like, you know, thinking about stuff when you're like trying to cook dinner too, you know, like, like scope <laughs> creep is real too. Yes. Like wondering you know, why you can't sleep. Yeah. So like price that stuff accordingly. And also try to raise your rates every year if even just a little bit don't worry about what everyone else is doing but also take it into account because like there is such a thing as like you know can the market support this rate but also like i said in the event that we did like there's burgers for a dollar and then there's forty dollars burgers and everyone loves both types of burgers like they both serve their place so like you know, you don't need to be doing what everyone else is doing. Obviously, if the price is low, then you'll have more volume. If the price is high, you'll have less volume. It just depends what sort of business it is. And then my favorite rule, if enough people are saying, if too many people are saying yes, you need to raise your rates. You should be getting plenty of no's, you know? It shouldn't be the right yeah. fit financially for everyone. And then lastly, are you making a profit? Like, could you hire someone to do what you're doing? Is there enough income to support that? Or did you start a business but really just, like, chain yourself to another job, you know? There should be a, a little bit of both in that. And, you know, it takes time. So, like, you know, if you're in that place where it doesn't feel like you're billing what you want to be billing, that's okay. You know, make a plan to get there slowly, slowly raise your rates or quickly raise your rates. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Um, you don't need a reason. So, but I don't think it means that like someone's a failure if they're not billing what they want to be billing or what they think they should be billing. I think a lot of it's psychology too. Like there's a lot of different factors that go into it. But I think that that's a useful tip that if you're completely in the dark of I have no idea how much to charge, that's kind of a good starting point. Oh my gosh, yes. Kind of go from yeah, there of yeah. what works best for you and your clients because yeah. how I operate is not the same as Emma operates even though yes. we do the same exact thing we have yes. different pricing structures and different ways that we approach that yeah and it takes us different times to do different things like when we sit and we zoom when we work sometimes I'm like well, how did you how did you just do that in 13 seconds like that takes me an hour <laughs> like it's <laughs> so I I also I went to a conference last week and I forget who said it but someone said that if you're adding a new service or a new add-on or something like that to do it three times at an hourly rate and then set your your flat rate from there for, for service providers it's a really helpful kind of wedge to see where where things are and how long it takes you to do something so like how much to charge for that item I think it was a, mm -hmm. a good I, that's something I wrote down and I underlined it like three times <laughs> yeah that's nice and then last, like a little quick, quick rapid fire, not really rapid fire, but question is what is your, like, I guess, professional advice on paying yourself? Like how much, how much should we be paying ourselves from our businesses and how do you even get started? Like the same, same amount every month, you know, different amounts. This is why it's so important to do your personal bookkeeping because how much, like whenever someone asks how much should I pay myself, my first question is how much do you need? Because that really goes into it, you know? Most people don't know and that's okay, but you know, even if you just track for a couple months, like how much do you need to live? Where's the money going? At the very least, you know, you wanna cover your basic expenses. If the business can't support that, that's okay. Sometimes that happens. There's this book out there called Profit First. You don't need to necessarily read the book to implement the theories behind it, but there's there's this idea that like, you know, every dollar in the business has a job. So there's a schedule out there that breaks down like what your percentages should be based on how much
much money you're making. And I believe like up until your revenue is $250,000 a year, whatever you earn, 50% of that should go to owner's pay. But I also think that like every business is different. So those are good general percentages. But when I lived in New York City, I couldn't apply those percentages exactly the way that they were in the book because, you know, my office rent was like enough to make people cry, you know? (laughs) So like I wasn't going to beat myself up like, oh, why can't I fit into these percentages? Like, no, like use it as a guide. It doesn't have to be rigid. But basically like every dollar has a job. Like, you know, this much should go to owner's pay. This much should go to taxes this much should go to operating expenses this much should go to profit and I love the profit savings idea so every twice a month I sit down and do my money dates personally and in the business and I make my transfers for the profit first method so I always transfer um, to my profit account first because I really believe in paying yourself first and then I'll do my tax savings transfer I'll do a transfer for payroll all of that stuff so if you don't have a special savings account in your business called profit I highly recommend making one and just start by transferring I think in the book he recommends like 5% or 10% or something So, you know, if you can't do what's being recommended, just do something and start making that transfer. So, you know, throughout the year, I let the account build up and I look at it as like a, you know, emergency fund sort of thing or like a savings account just for general use. But at the end of the year, whatever's in that account, I use it to bonus myself out. I use it to bonus out the team. It's just really nice. Like you It just feels really good. And to go back to the women empowerment thing, that's, you know, I see so much in my practice, women not saving enough, not paying themselves first. Like, it literally breaks my heart. Like, especially, like, even in, like, couples, there'll be a couple, married couple, the woman will make more than the man and save significantly less. The husband won't make as much as she's making, but he's maxing out his 401k. He has brokerage accounts. Like, he's putting himself first. But, like, and then I'll bring it up to the woman. Why are you, you know, you should be doing this. Oh, I would rather, like, save for college. I'd save, you know, I want to do all of these other things. But, like, you know, that's important. I don't even have words right now. Like, I don't even know. First of all, everyone needs a fuck you fund. Like, seriously, that's just your money. That, like, you know, my dad taught me that. He, like, drilled that into my head from a really young age. That, like, you know, you need to be financially independent. You need to be able to take care of yourself no matter what and never have to rely on anyone. And, like, that's how I've, like, built my entire life. Like, I think it's really important to have these you know even in committed comfortable relationships like you know you don't know what can happen and you know like it's so important to save for retirement now to save for goals now there's this thing called compound interest that you're you're never going to get time back. Like, even if you can't save a lot, save $10 a month. Like, seriously, save something for your future. Like, it's not about the money even at that point. It's about what it does to you emotionally and, like, mentally. Like, I literally stand taller than I did before I started saving. Like, I know that no matter what comes up like you know yes money doesn't buy happiness but financial security is a real thing it's a real real thing and like you know even when in the business like 
there's clients that people don't want to work with, but they're forced to work with them out of fear, out of scarcity, out of money issues. Like, you know, to start building that fuck you fund in the business personally. So like, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do no matter what, you know, to make decisions from this place of empowerment. I love that. I feel like I just went to church. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, like mentally taking note of all the things I need to do right after this. <laughs> no, we're like, going to like re-listen to this podcast with like a whole page of notes after. <laughs> yes. I'm so passionate about women saving for retirement. Like I don't charge, I don't charge one cent to set 401ks up for my clients. Like that's my, like that's my duty. Like, you know, I don't want to say that I like force people to save for retirement, but I feel like I do. Like I'm so passionate about it. And like, you know, it's, it's real. Like, you know, I watched my mom go through it. Single mom, four kids, like busting her ass, like bartending, waiting tables. Like, you know, everything was like, you know, just really tight and like, you know, no savings, nothing like always working under the table. It's important. Don't understate your income. That's what guarantees your social security. I know social security is not enough to live on, but it's something like imagine not having anything like, you know, so all of these things like it's because I see what can happen if those things aren't done. Like, seriously, please pay yourself first. Like, have your own money. Put your own goals first. Like, you know, take care of future you. Like, I love 65-year-old Brittany so much. You know what I mean? Like, that's my number one priority is making sure that, like, I'm okay in 30 years. And also, like, every time I do that, it makes five-year-old Brittany happy, too. Like, it's really so important. And, again, I just really want to drive home the fact, like, I know that money is not the most important thing. I'm not talking about, like, you know, being super rich and having jets and all this stuff. Like, I'm just talking about, like, you know, personal finance as an act of self-care. Yeah, and being, I think, I come from a similar background. I don't, I don't have a, I've, I'm fortunate that I, I had both my parents but I came from a, a very like my parents have always worked multiple jobs and you know my dad was sick a lot when I was growing up so he was in and out of work and things like that and so I think growing up in that in a, a, a lack of of financial freedom and always struggling and it was always a tension and always you know a, a hardship for my parents and like to this day like my my mom works her fucking ass off and is a like an incredible person and I think like seeing what they went through has really empowered me as like a a business owner and an individual to save not only right now and be be you know on top of my finances personally and in my business and also for like the future so I think coming from that I totally get it that it's a it's something that you know it's out of fear and out of out of uh love also love mm-hmm. yeah 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 100 yeah. percent. and i i can't agree more that when i do when i do feel like i'm in a good space money wise it's happiness for that 65 year old me and also that five-year-old me mm-hmm. and it's yeah. serving them both equally yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah well we can't thank you enough for your time and your like a million insights I'm sure everyone that's been listening has pages and pages of notes and I know I'll be listening back to this episode a couple of times but you know thank you for you know the time and your also your I feel like a lot of people in 
financial positions sometimes or you know that are in the finance world can really talk down to people and I just want to you know really say thank you for making me never feel talked down to or stupid and mm-hmm. always explaining things you know 10 million times and you know thank you for that of course yes. thank yeah. you Thank I'm you. in the same exact boat. <laughs> I think I email Brittany once a week with the question. <laughs> she never makes me feel dumb, and she always empowers me to to take control, and she'll give me the answers that I need. And if not, she'll figure it out, and we'll sit there on a call, and she'll Google what she needs to Google, and she'll figure it out. So, yes, thank you so much, Brittany. I'm going to hand it back over to you, and where can people find you? What's your website and all that good stuff? Yeah, my website is countless.io. And then I'm also on Instagram under the same handle, countless.io. And if you, even if you don't, are looking to hire an accountant, you should definitely follow Brittany on, on Instagram because she posts tons of helpful tips and tricks. And also she'll post like reminders of when tax deadlines are coming up or, you know, if there's loan opportunities and things like that. She just, I get so much information just from her Instagram alone. So definitely worth the follow. Thanks for having me. Just wow. Like, that's all I have to say. Just wow. I have no words. <laughs> and it's it's so funny because Emma and I work with Brittany at Countless as our accountant. So we're in contact with Brittany a lot of times. But a lot. After this have episode, a lot of questions. <laughs> I, I just feel even more empowered. And I know that we keep tossing that word around. But I think that that's the only way to describe this episode and just to describe how you should be feeling when it comes to your finances and that it shouldn't be a scary thing. It should be you kind of wanting to take control and to feel empowered to do so. Yeah, I know. I know. I feel like empowered is word of the day, but I think that being aware of your finances and feeling like you know what you're doing when it comes to money is just such a game changer when it comes to owning a business or even just being a person like if you're work for a company like you're still getting a paycheck and at the end of the day like where is that money going like I have so many friends that you know make you know live in New York and make huge salaries and they still are like I don't know where my money goes and it's so interesting that like I feel like most people are age don't take the time to really understand their money habits and their you know you don't when you say budget it doesn't necessarily mean that like you have to say no when something comes up if you spent x amount like you've hit that that limit on your entertainment budget means you can't go out to like the movies or you can't go to dinner or something with friends like it just means setting a budget so you understand like what categories your money is going into and like how you're spending your money and also maybe being a little bit more conscientious i know for me when i sat down and started looking at my finances i really set limits on my weekday spending so that i could really you know not have to be limited on the weekends and it let me have a little bit more flexibility within, you know, saying yes to concerts and events and things like that. So, but yeah, it's so interesting exactly what you said, Alex, that we both work with Brittany and I still, and these are things, and also like she spoke at the Golden Hour Gold Retreat and all those things, but we still feel like I learned and took away from that session. Like a hundred percent. I think I will definitely have to like, when we re-listen to the episode, like take notes and actually like, Yeah. Yeah, it's so... Implement them. Yeah, yeah. 
Diving into the final files for this episode, the first thing that we want to know is the whole concept of money dates. And when Brittany talked about money dates, these are, she takes the time once or twice a month and sits down and looks at her finances, looks at where her money's going, looks at things like, oh, I went over on this budget, blah, 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 that sort of thing. And so I love this concept of a date because whether or not it's a negative feeling after you're done with this date or a positive feeling because you didn't go over your budget, the whole idea of a date is kind of like a positive connotation versus a budget meeting or a financial goal meeting. It just it just sounds better and it just has a little more fluff to it. So it's kind of a fun thing. And I love too that she kind of corrected me on it's not always positive. After your money date, you might be like in a really bad position or you might feel really down on yourself, but that's okay. It's just a whole concept of having the money date and seeing where your money is going so that way you can improve for the next one. Yeah, and then next up, something I love that she's said before to us, but it's the fact that there are $40 burgers out there and there are $1 burgers out there and there's a market for both. Like if you have not had a McDonald's burger, you're lying. <laughs> and if you haven't had, you know, a, a nice burger at like a, I'm, a, you know, there might not be a $40 burger everywhere, where, but like at a steakhouse in New York, a nice burger is $40. And, you know, I've definitely had one of those and I've definitely had my fair share of, you know, five guys and everything in between. And there is a place for all those things. And so I think that just understanding that supply and demand chain is really helpful within setting pricing in your own business. Um, and just understanding, you know, where like that you, you can change your pricing. It doesn't have to be a, a set thing. You know, I know for me, I try to do it twice a year where I like really look at my income and expenses and, you know, different things like that. And I try to kind of reevaluate my pricing and my package pricing for sure. Next up on the list is profit first. And I know that we all got really kind of passionate about this at the, towards the end of the episode. Um, paying yourself first, you know, your business is what gives you your income. It's what's, what can help support you in the long run, but ultimately you need to pay yourself first and put your profit first. So Brittany talked about saving for your, your business profit, you know, that extra money. So having money at the end of the year to give yourself a nice bonus or at the end of every quarter to give yourself a nice bonus. So that's your profit. And you want to make sure that you're giving self yourself your profit first before you're putting money into the retirement, putting money into the tax savings. Now, obviously, those things are very important and you need to do those things. But also don't forget that you need to pay yourself and you need to put yourself first before your business. Yeah. And then our last final file for this episode is that when you're first starting out, the first thing you can do and also the most important thing you can continue throughout your whole business is making sure that you keep things separate. So keeping your personal finances and your business finances separate. It doesn't have to be under your EIN. It doesn't have to be under an LLC. If you're starting a business tomorrow, all you have to do is have a separate bank account. You can do it on Novo or Relay or any of these online banks that you can just set up an account right away. And you can just keep your spending separate as well as keeping separate credit cards. I think what Britt said about just the safety of a credit card is really important. And that with a credit card, you can, you know, 
claim fraud and you can just have be a little bit more safe within your purchases. So it's really important to, you know, have that, that opportunity, that availability to you with your spending. But I know that Alex and I kind of just recapped a lot that will be helpful to any and everyone. I feel like if you're a creative, if you are a service provider, if you are a, um, you know, sell goods and services, uh, I feel like, you know, accounting, that's like the neat part about this episode is that it is affects everyone no matter what you do. Um, so yeah, we hope that you got a lot of information out of this episode, hopefully feeling empowered and yeah, thanks so much for listening. We're so happy that you're still here for episode six and we can't wait to see you in the next one. Bye. For more Sorted content, follow us on Instagram at sorted.pod. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, let us know by leaving a review. It means so much. Sorted is hosted by Alex Pizak and Emma McGoldrick. Produced and edited by Carrie King. Marketing and graphic design by AP The Creative and ESM Creative Studio. Photography by Hannah Hunt. And music by Dam Darmawan. Huge thanks to all the people that made Sorted happen and to you for listening. See, See you, you next time. time.